Ruby H. Jackson Pollock contains explicit language and content. Listener discretion is advised. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I am recording and extend my respects to all elders present and future. Hey guys, it is Ruby. And this is Ruby H. Jackson Pollock. I don't think I've ever actually introduced the podcast at the top of the podcast, but you know what? I have all different ideas all the time. I'm very creative. Anyway, today's guest is the stunningly beautiful, perhaps textile artist, maybe not, you'll have to listen to find out, Brody Healy. Um, go check out his Instagram. He's a really good photographer as well. We didn't talk about that, but um, his Instagram's good despite the fact that I'm not really in it, Brody, so we should have a, a conversation about that. Anyway. Follow him, it's B-R-O-D-I-E-H-E-L-Y underscore. Okay, enjoy the combo. Bye. Um, and you wanted to talk about the bulge in the man's pants. Which one? Because I found they both were quite affronting, to be honest. Oh, I didn't notice the other guys, just the um, American guy. Do you think that was a character choice or a personal choice? Honestly, I think it was a personal choice. I was. It seemed to me like he was trying to um, do this thing where he's like, I'm wearing track pants and also I'm like huge. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think so. As a man with a penis, um, that's... What? That's, <laughs> that's done on purpose. Yeah. Like, that you know that that's happening. That was me like... Especially has he got like stage. has he got like a nervous boner like but then it wasn't a boner it was just like tell mass you, tell you what it's like to create that kind of bulge you actually have to specifically wear certain underwear like you have to wear like a jock strap or something yeah to, in order to, to sort like of get that circle it up and make yeah, it compact get, like, yeah the cupping <laughs> of the entire thing. so when i saw that i was like that's a choice that wasn't that's a, not accidental yeah he didn't wake up and just put on any underwear. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so we just came from a play. We were supposed to do the podcast before. I'm two glasses of wine in, and I haven't really eaten today, so I'm a little bit tipsy. Are you good? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, he's fine. I'm a little bit tipsy. I'm a tough bitch. So. He's a tough bitch who likes to crochet. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's which is like you know. In a nutshell. Yeah. Actually, just um, fun fact: I don't crochet. Okay. It's too, it's too hard. You always say that I crochet. I know. And it's it's the just one thing that I don't actually. It's just do. like the most old lady craft thing. So yeah. I just like put it. I and it's literally like out of all the crafts I do, it's the one thing that I gave up on because it's actually too hard. You do macrame. I do macrame. I like to knit. I like to weave tapestries. I like to crump and dance. I like to is that is that a textile thing? I'm, or yeah. is that the dance move? If you do it well enough, it's, <laughs> it's an art. Yeah. Oh my god! Did I ever tell you when I was like in grade four, I was like, I'm gonna start knitting now because that's what ten year olds do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knit this really horrible, like it was the pattern was like a scarf, so it's just long knitted. It's yeah. But it was so bad that it kind of looked like a baby's jumpsuit that you could like hook up. So I gave it to my auntie when she was having a baby and I was like, yes, yeah, a jumpsuit. <laughs> and she was like, okay. <laughs> so like, I like 
thought I had pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. Like, they didn't know that it was a bad scarf. They (laughs) thought I did a good job. (laughs) Baby's jumpsuit. That's me now. Yeah, so, I mean, we've been talking about it before, but you don't necessarily classify yourself as a quote-unquote artist in the really traditional sense. No. I mean, I think it's different for each individual person Mm. and I think yeah as I said to you before I think for me personally because it's more so of a hobby of mine Mm. I wouldn't call myself an artist until I got to a point where I was like selling it or was making enough of it that I felt comfortable calling myself an artist yeah yeah no that makes sense I think it works on a case to case basis like if someone just came up to me and said you're like said that they were an artist I'd be like okay sweet yeah I wouldn't ask do you do you think it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's like um actually (laughs) do you think though that it's like a um it's like an imposter syndrome thing because I felt like the same way I honestly wouldn't have self-identified as an artist until probably this year maybe last year but I'd been making art for a good seven or eight years Mm. do you think it's like an imposter syndrome thing that if you said i'm an artist someone would go no you're not and it would be like a shame i don't know to me i'm like always waiting for someone to be like no i guess so but i feel like i mean i don't know i would i can't really ever imagine meeting someone that would be like no you're not exactly yeah are people like that but yeah i guess it's just different from person to person like i for some context, everyone else, I, <laughs> everyone out there, um, if you're I, tuning in, <laughs> I work in like aged care, I work in a hospital and I'm trying to be a physiotherapist. So crafting and doing textile work is very far removed from the rest of my life. So it's yeah. not something that absorbs all my time. So for me, it's really just a hobby. And because yeah. it's something practical, it I can also see it as being something that's a bit like it sounds really horrible, but a bit more useful. I know what you mean. If that makes no, sense. No, I know like, what you mean. Other than like, it's not that I know what you mean. It's like you have this physical, tangible thing, which can then be yeah. You can see it. You can feel it. Yeah. You know. And like nine times out of ten, I only create it either because I want the product or. Like, I never really make things for other people and be like, this is just a piece of art. Like, it's always like, oh, I need a scarf. I'm going to make a scarf. Or, like, yeah. my jeans are ripped. I'm going to, like, sew a patch into them. Or, like, or I'll be like, oh, I want to just learn this new skill. So I'll, like, get a loom and I'll learn how to weave tapestries. Mm. So it's never really like me just being like, oh, I just want to explore. Like, It's not like a, yeah, cr- it is creative expression, but that's not the whole point of it. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be something at the end of the road that you can point to and be like, I also did this, you know? Not that I don't have, like, creative... Not that I don't see it as a creative outlet that I, yeah, want to... No, but it's not, like, the whole purpose It's not the whole purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we were talking before about hobby culture. I feel like early 20s to late 20s, kind of that, especially in Melbourne, that, like, hipster, like... That's me. I'm wearing a fisherman beanie right now. So <laughs> he is. He looks, like, dots, he looks so. like the full hipster <laughs> experience, hunty. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> it's like Brunswick fish. <laughs> Brunswick extravaganza, hunty. Mm, work. Yeah. Um, 
No, yeah. it's definitely a phase, and I've definitely got sucked into it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's, like, something that I've always been interested in. Like, I remember I got into sewing when... Well, not got into it, because I was a repressed homosexual um, in mm-hmm. high school. Aren't we all? Aren't we all, <laughs> yes. So I learned If you're to, not, then I don't understand why you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. It's not for you. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I learned how to sew because I had to in year eight. And like I remember back. being like, yeah, I'm only going to make, like, phone covers. But really, like, a couple of years later, I was like, oh, man, I'd really like to get back into sewing. And Did you do homework in high school? Yeah, it was compulsory. After that, you didn't do it in, like... No. So we had compulsory grade 8 homework, and then after that, it was, like, an elective. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, but I never would have chosen it as an elective. Yeah. Because... Just what said, you were made to do. homosexual, so... Because that's pretty gay. Yeah. And <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. Why is that necessary? Oh, do you want me- I'm going to try that sentence again. Why is that necessary? <laughs> Why do you think that that would be necessarily one gay and two, I guess, feminine? I don't think it is. I think that just everyone else sees it as being that. Um, oh yeah, I don't think nothing is gendered no. in real life. Yeah, like- no, not at all. Um, but definitely my perspective. Uh, not so much that it was Mm. but just that if I did it I was opening up myself to other people thinking that it was I think that they see it as that because it's technically like finer skills than say other other things I I know what you mean it's it's more like needlepoint and things that ladies back in the day would just be chilling doing women were painting for hundreds and hundreds of years and then around the 1850s where it became when we transitioned into modernism and it was like it wasn't just being good at painting it was being an artist mm. like you're an artist you have inspiration it's not just copying something then the men were like dope we're gonna take this ladies <laughs> used to down and then in like the early 20s and 30s women were like looking at photography and video art and men were like that's ladies work and then they got good at it and the men were like there's money in this. It's like, I'm hi, gonna, we're going to take gonna that take as well. This. So it's still like this feminine thing, which is so odd. Yeah. Because it's and, making and, and it's, it's utilitarian. Very, and yeah. it's incredibly difficult. It's yes. Like the, I can't do it. Oh, I my God. I like, can't for shit. I, I'm a lady. I'm not good at sewing. Like, I only just got my first sewing machine. My mum bought me a sewing machine for my 23rd birthday. Love which it. Which is the gayest thing ever. I love it. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I made Brody keep talking because I went to check on our sweet potato lasagna. I um, didn't even have much to say. About <laughs> I was like, go, go. Um, but, yeah, like, they're actually so fucking difficult. Like, quilts. 100%. It, like, anyone that has... That doesn't think much of textile art. Try to fucking make a quilt and come back to me. I think it's one of those things. It's like, I mean, cooking, not so much. But to cook well is like, you have to learn. It's a skill. Yeah. But those things that are traditionally feminine, until you try them, you think they're kind of easy or like lesser. And then once you try them, you're like, oh, these women had nothing to do all day. So they developed these skills and artworks. Mm. And they're fucking intense. Yeah. It's like, it's not easy to make a quilt no and they had to practice for years and years like and with like shit technology as well like it's still hard to make a quilt with an electric sewing machine let alone a mechanical sewing machine or like to hand stitch that shit yeah and those are like 
technically flawless. Like mm. you look at like my great grandmother, we got quilts and um, mostly crochet. She was a crocheter, so we got like the the like doilies and stuff like that from her. How the fuck did she do that? Yeah. I had a. I don't want to like one up you, but I'm gonna <laughs> one up you. Um, do it. <laughs> my blind great aunt, yeah. fully blind, blind as a bat, used to knit blankets. And she used to do them in our, like, football colours. And I don't follow football, so but I apparently go for tigers. So she made this <laughs> black and yellow. Like, and it is fucking immaculate. Like, yeah. I, I look at it, and when I got it, I was like, yeah, sweet, thanks, honey, babe. Yeah. But now when I look at it, I'm just like, fuck. Like, yeah. I look at a scarf that I made, and that's entry level. And I can still see, like, a thousand fuck-ups that I did. Yeah. And she, blind, made a fucking... <laughs> Totally, yeah. Yeah, like, oh yeah. I, I even like. I mean, it's such a low level thing, but like even fixing your own clothes. My mum mm. used to do that flawless. You would never tell that, like just looking at it, that it had been stitched. I do it now, and it looks like there's been. It's like Frankenstein's clothes. Yeah. There's like crisscross everywhere. But that is still. I mean, that comes back to the gender thing. I feel like most of the women in my life know how to do it, but I've a lot of men don't know how to do it. Oh God, no. Yeah. Which is yeah like i i get really it's not that it's easy but it's like i don't know for me i was expected to know it yeah not in like you're a lady you have to sew but like i was just taught it in the yeah. same way i was taught to iron wash dishes you yeah. know and there's nothing yeah it's it i think it honestly just comes down to fear like i read a thing the other day about how men there was a study done where men refute like it was a proper scientific study and they found that men weren't using reusable bags because they thought it made them look gay and they were scared of looking gay because they like look like a purse or something no, like a because, no because they just perceive saving the environment yeah. as gay no, literally I, like, that was their fucking i don't findings. disagree with you yeah, yeah. And i looked at it and i was like honestly yeah and what they would do is that they would reuse plastic bags so it looked like that they bought a plastic bag like so they would they like would, actually like it's not even like they would rather the, envi- the actual act of being environmentally conscious. It's being perceived as environmentally conscious. Yeah, because that's they, insane. Because they think that that makes them seem more gay because they're environmentally conscious. How fucked up is that? Like, they would rather buy a bag or use reuse a plastic bag rather than fucking slinging a string bag over their shoulder and looking like a bit of a hipster. I would never, like, I would never look at some. Well, maybe I would, and it's just so internalized. But I absolutely would never look at someone with a, a reusable shopping bag and be like, "That's gay," I or even not even I a negative hot, way. But maybe that's because like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Ooh, it's he's gay. Oh, hey. Yeah, that's so strange. I think maybe I think he goes to art school, but yeah. <laughs> not that he's gay. But yeah, but I think that's. I think yeah, fear is why a lot of people don't obviously get into it because it's such a strange thing to be scared of as well it is it really is it's like societally we can all be like i understand because i've grown up in that same environment that they have and sewing is gay or mm. blah, blah blah it's gay but also it's like i'm um, putting a literal piece of thread through a piece of yeah. material is gay what yeah. and it's like i had those exact same thoughts when i was younger yeah but in the matter of what like three years now I feel comfortable enough to sit on public transport and knit, or I feel comfortable enough to go into a fabric store and buy fabric. But I'm just like, do like, you think that's maturity, or do you think that's coming to grips with your own sexuality? Uh, isn't it a bit of both? Like, yeah. And, but I feel like everyone should. 
feel uh, I mean it's wishful thinking but everyone should feel comfortable enough with their sexuality to not be offended by me knitting on a train tell you what I've actually noticed is that when I'm knitting on public transport more women come and sit next to me because I'm always because I'm always so anxiety ridden yeah. I always pay attention to if people sit next to me on public transport because I'm always like oh my god do I smell whatever yeah and, uh, <laughs> just because that's me yeah. but um, I noticed that if I am knitting I will have more women come and sit next to me and I feel like it's because they're like he's probably gay I'm, I'm safe threat. I'm not gonna get groped. I a hundred percent would imagine that's correct yeah I tend to I try not to sit next to anyone on public transport if I do it's a woman if I have to like I'm not proud of it but like I'll look for the gayest no, man <laughs> like, you profile it I'm like if not even gayest but like who or the like most insecure straight man oh <laughs> who doesn't have the balls to grow me I mean it's kind of fucked but I don't blame you Everyone that I'm talking to either went to art school or some like, like Jake went to film school, some version of like a creative art school. Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> you bring up a, you bring you bring up a good point. Lol is right. Um, I'm meant that like I have never. Been that's what sort of that's film. what I was gonna ask you about because yeah. like obviously I'm talking to people about their experiences at university, hating certain aspects of art school. Mm-hmm. What? do you hate about your university experience i mean you're out of it but what was the worst part yeah for everyone who's like a hipster art bitch who's like he went to a real school (laughs) yes um so i did a bachelor of uh biomedical and exercise science Mm. um sexy (laughs) yeah actually uh what did i hate about it um actually i got bullied once because i looked like a hipster it was really funny actually as a full adult to kind of get bullied i didn't really understand what was happening because it hadn't happened in such a long time okay i want to hear i mean even if i have heard it tell them yeah this has nothing to do with no i want to anyway so because i do uh half of my i did a double degree and half of it was exercise science so basically most of the kids were people who had gone into pt realized that there were too many pts in the world and had to, and <laughs> yeah. had to I feel do like another every degree. like semi-attractive white boy I went to yeah. school with is a big thing. So I went, you know who you are. Yeah. Like. So I went to school with all of these attractive white um, boys and girls who would dress like they would always, oh my, every single time be in like the best Adidas and night gear and yeah. would just always be in leggings, trackies, and and would just look gorgeous. And I would, I feel most comfortable in jeans and boots and a shirt. And yeah, like whatever. That's just how I feel comfortable yeah and I would be the only person wearing that and there was this one guy and we're literally in class and he came over and like it's such a long story but anyway he just kind of started like jokingly making fun of me and I was kind of going along with it because I was like whatever like yeah I've never met you and like it may- maybe it's like do? maybe it's like an insecure way of trying to get in yeah yeah and, and be like, funny yeah I was like okay I don't know you whatever like haha yeah I can take the piss out of myself and then he starts going like oh yeah look at you like you you're such a hipster like and he starts making fun of my voice and he was just like look at you with your doc martens and your monotone voice and i was like <laughs> i was kind of like what <laughs> and like in my head i was like am i being bullied <laughs> this hasn't happened for am a really I being long time bullied? 
And I kind of looked at someone who I was like semi-friendly with. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then he kind of like half bullied me. I tricked you <laughs> this whole podcast just to relate times we were bullied. Yeah. <laughs> Except you were never bullied. You were the bully. I was a bully. Yeah. But that comes back to my repressed uh, homosexuality. So you can't so. say anything, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you can't. That's an excuse and uh, <laughs> it will hold up in court. So don't even try me. Um, I was mean because I was like repressing how I was a woman. <laughs> so fuck you. I so didn't I feel. Can, I can do whatever I want. So get used to it. I could rub a bank and use gay. that as an excuse. Gay. Sorry, I'm gay. Sorry, yeah, I'm gay. I'll, I'll take this money and leave. So, um, um what look. did? How did Glee affect your coming out? <laughs> um, as someone it who's you. already comfortable with themselves, it's kind of embarrassing to be honest with you. Glee is embarrassing. Yeah. I loved it though. Yeah. I think as a kid, I remember I loved oh, it. going back to repressed homosexuality. I remember when Glee was out and I was in high school and I was like, that looks like a show I would really enjoy. But I was like, you can't be seen watching that. Mm-hmm. And so I would just have to like, be like, yeah, Glee sucks. Yeah. When really I was just like, man, I wish I could fucking watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that show. <laughs> That's so funny. I was, just, I was just thinking about it the other day as I'm yeah. one to do. Once a week, I'll just think about the TV show Glee. Mm. Um, and I was thinking about like the whole premise of the first season is that Quinn gets pregnant and tells and then, Finn. And then he it's just... It's really problematic. He openly tells her parents through song that she's through pregnant. Song. And he, they slut shame her and kick her out of the house. And then she gives birth and then is like, I'm normal now. And then she goes, no, the whole thing is so problematic. I also remember watching it as like an 11-year-old and thinking, what, she's like 16, 17 when that happens. I was like, yeah, that's a full-grown adult. And she had another three years of high school. Yeah. Imagine, I can't imagine having a baby now, let alone 16. Yeah, and they were just like, oh, whatever, she had a baby. That was a plot point, (laughs) and then someone else took the baby, and they were like, yeah, dope. And they didn't even really go on about that. And everyone forgives her. But anyway, we digress. (laughs) Although, just quickly, back to textiles art. <laughs> the um, dress that sh- uh, that, sh- that Sue yes. Sylvester wears to her own wedding, where she marries herself, is incredible. That's um, that's a... It's like an Adidas uh, ball gown. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Now all I can think about is Glee. All I can think about is Quinn for Bray. Um, <laughs> quick masturbation break. Thank you. <laughs> Thank God. Excuse me, um, Brody's been itching for a for a um, a jerk off. For a, for a jerk off. All this talking about Glee has really rustled my jimmies. Have you seen my newest tattoo? No. Okay. Oh, oh! I just yeah. saw Brody's new tattoo. That's the question I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I'm not remember. I'm addressing people who aren't listening, but I know that I'm going to have a very intimate fan base. Fiona. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> you know who you are, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ruby's mum. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> let me get back on track because I know what I'm talking about. Or I did, but your home space is very curated, mm. and you seem to—I mean, correct me if you want a different definition of your space—but it's very kitsch. It's very. Oh, it's very it's kitsch. Garbage. It's like. But it's like purposeful garbage. You're not filling it up with just random shit. I have a very, um, so yes, definitely curated is a strong word. Um, My housemates hate me because I will bring home 
a thousand fucking things and they all have a very particular place and have to be treated with a lot of respect. Mm. Like when Jake has to close the blinds in the bedroom, he has to be very careful not to knock things. <laughs> yeah. Because I put a lot of value into my things. Yeah. Um, yes, but I do love kitsch because I think that um, something that is so mass produced is a great work of art like I don't think that it technically has to be great it can be like something that's just come out of that's just a plastic piece of crap that's come out of China but if yeah. it's so well loved and yeah mass produced that it is pretty dope to me do you think when you're looking for items in your house <laughs> I mean there's some things that are definitely like it's hard to explain. You've got things that definitely curate an aesthetic. Like, you have a very clear style of design that you like. But also, there's some things that are just straight up funny. What, yeah. Do you think, like, humour is an important part? Definitely. Like, I, I have a wall which is, like, beautiful frames with pictures of my family and friends. And, like, mm. it's very intimate. Um, and but then I also have like a signed photo of Sigourney Weaver and yeah. I also have like an LP of The Sound of Music mm. with Marie Von Trapp skipping across a mountain um, yeah like I I don't know I, I like to pick things that I enjoy and obviously like I enjoy funny things so it's yeah becomes a part of it I find yeah I think maybe I'm making that point because obviously I'm not I don't really curate my space as much as I just put stuff that I like into yeah. it. And I'm like... Which I hate. I know. You do, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We're sitting in my lounge room and he's just like flicking his eyes everywhere, like yeah. disgusting. Like but there's a vacuum cleaner that's just out. That's because I was cleaning. And it's, it hasn't got a designated spot. It does. It goes over there, you fuckhead. Oh, my God. goes behind the bookshelf. Uh, I'm cringing, everyone. Well... It's not your space, it's my space. Exactly. No. Um. <laughs> that's, that's it. If it's not for me, then that's it's still okay for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, I've always felt like spaces that are really like thought about and considered to be quite clinical and unlived in. So I wonder, like, I find, personally, I would find it hard to find the balance between my personal, like, this is just things that I like and express my personality and also... This is a um, cohesive space. Because what if you find something that doesn't match at all? Then I don't put it in. But what if you <laughs> love it? Um, you find no, a space I, for it? Yeah, I yeah. find a space for it. I make it work. Like, um, definitely. Like, if you took all of the shit out of each of my rooms, like, if you took something from the lounge room and put it in the, into my bedroom, yeah, it probably wouldn't fit. Yet. But, like, I put it somewhere where it works. And, like... I don't know. Yeah, I get that, like, it might be a bit clinical, but I don't necessarily make that space for people. I make it for myself and for Jake. Yeah. And I fill it with things that we both love because I feel comfortable in that. It's like a magpie collecting shiny things. No, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I like it. And it's definitely not minimalistic at all. No, it's not. It's any- not. I'm probably a hoarder. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> from, from what I just said people might envision invis envisage envision envisage isn't it people might see in their mind's eye (laughs) (laughs) like a very like um like one of those spaces where you can't really touch anything but i mean it's super it's super colorful it's got lots of personality yeah 
So it's not. I, I Once mean, again, hit up my OnlyFans. There's a few scenes in the lounge room. No. <laughs> there's scenes where he just tours the lounge room. Yeah, exactly. He's a big interior designer. Oh, fully. As well as it, as, as well as actually nutting. Exactly. Onto yes. the onto the couch. I do have very distinct rules. Like I work, um, because I work in aged care and I work in home care. I work in people's homes, and a lot of my clients are actual hoarders. Yeah. Like they have just like 30 years worth of magazines in their lounge room stacked up with a thick film of dust on it or they'll have like you literally can't move in their house yeah so I think because I work in that environment it's kind of scared me into setting very defined rules yeah so I make sure that everything has to be tidy so like it can't look cluttered like it's got to be eclectic yet tidy yeah and like I have to have clear walkways and I have to have clean spaces and quality stuff as well yeah no i understand i think i mean i think the only thing i would negate that with was one time i went to savers and got you a very adorable little um like orangey oh, like i knew this was coming up. <laughs> i honestly assume. um this is gotcha journalism <laughs> i'm here to confront you about it i got you a little like what is it like Still a pumpkin patch okay. kid and you put swastikas on it okay ruby bought me this <laughs> horrible little <laughs> trinket <laughs> and was like you'll love it and i didn't not love it i still have it by the way i know i see it when but i go to your house ruby's the kind of person <laughs> that if i were to get her drag her <laughs> if i were to get her a um i don't know uh, something she would put her own twist on it and i <laughs> would i <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to make myself feel better. Okay, continue. And we were sitting around at Christmas time and I had a pencil and... And mind you... This was it's 30 like, seconds after I gave it to you. No, it wasn't. It was it, after It was lunch. the same day. And mind you, it still had the sticker on it from Sagers <laughs> saying that it was $2. There and was like 12 of them and I chose that one out of 12 for you. And I started drawing <laughs> on it to make it look like a pirate and then... <laughs> Things got out of hand and I started getting inappropriate and maybe I did put a swastika on it. Um, and that's all the evidence I need. Lock him up, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, so that uh, the whole purpose of this podcast was to ask you why you would do such a thing. <laughs> I feel very attacked. Um, <laughs> no, I take good care of the things that you gave me, as, as you can see by the leaning Frida. Frida Carlo, that is a defaced facing down she's uh, that, was a, full, it, <laughs> that was a full that was a full accident said. that's with like my i've got my courtney love my patty smith my anna mendiata uh, we get it oh, God. that you know how <laughs> i love women um yeah so i also take this easel that i got you that you're now using as a table <laughs> for your podcast i use it as an easel you use it as a table <laughs> no just because it's like the most stable thing i own right now including mm-hmm. my mental health <laughs> but i'm good at, i mean like sometimes you just accidentally deface things that I didn't you. draw a swastika on it. He hasn't. Neither noticed. did I. The jury's still out on that. I, you can, you have to prove that. That's okay. I have a photo on my Instagram. I'll repost it, guys. Do you actually? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did it on my story. Well, I actually saw you draw that on there. No, you didn't. To dramatize what actually happened. That was beautiful, Brody Healy. Thank you so much, Brody, for talking to me about Glee. Um, and that's the only good thing you did. 
just kidding love you go follow me on instagram go follow me go follow the podcast go follow whoever you want it's a free country love you all bye